I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Defense Production Act. So grab your federal authority. And let's get civical. to say hello i'm so I'm nervous, nervous to say it's hello it's been such a dip it's been <laughs> it's been <laughs> it's been 84 years and i can still smell the fresh paint the beds have um, never been used <laughs> oh i know the sheets had never sheets been slept never been, in the, the china, china had never been used had never been the used china. the china 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, hi, guys. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I know. man. Oh, oh my man. God. This is, guys. You guys. Who could have predicted? <laughs> Literally some scientists, if we had so, Actually, uh, all of the scientists actually predicted you're absolutely correct. This is Let's Get Civical Quarantine. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And this is the first time that Arden and I are recording since we both got, we, we got shut down. We The world, the city, yeah. the state of New York got shut down. I haven't seen yep. you in over a month, I feel like, at this point. Because I've been, yes. this is my day 22 of, like, this- living my life, oh. taking a meaningful walk once a day. Wow. Yeah, this yeah. is like my day 21. I think that Sunday after the world ended was yeah. the day that I was like, okay, and we're and we're not singing going anywhere. The one and the one and, and now we're one. here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so how have you been, Arden? <laughs> I, In your quarantine. <laughs> I've been like so poor. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like we're going to come out of this quarantine experience and depending, like everybody is going to have different lessons because I, I've been lucky enough to keep all, I have, I have a couple different jobs and I've been lucky enough to keep most of them. Yeah. Some of them have like seen an increase in hours just because of the nature of the work and there's more demand. And so I have been so, so, so busy and I haven't been able to keep up with stuff that I've also like. I've lost seven pounds because I just forget yes. to eat throughout the day. <laughs> like yes, I get queen. To the, like I have a smoothie after I work out in the morning and then I get to like four and I'm like, you have not eaten at all. You have to eat. Yes, 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 yes. And I have to eat. So um, so there's that. I've also like been doing a lot of stuff around my apartment. I've painted Yeah, walls. your home renovation. I'm they invested. Are, I'm invested I, in your you. home renovation. I really should have been recording and like taking pictures more than I have been, but she's almost done. And after 15 years in my apartment, I will finally soon be able to say, she's done. She's done. She, she's done. And all I have she to do is, is clean done. and maintain. Yeah. Oh. Um. So that's, that's my quarantine. Just a lot of also Zoom meetings. Lots yeah. of happy hours. A lot of liver, Zoom I, trivia. Zoom trivia. Yeah, that was fun. It had a huge uptick. <laughs> yeah. How is your quarantine going aside oh from uh, being bored out of your mind? You've been puzzling. Oh, it's so – it's gone so poorly. No, I have – I did do a puzzle, a thousand-piece puzzle. Thank you for asking about her. Um, I finished her about week one and, uh, you know, realized that puzzles are amazing, but once you finish it, then what? You know, right. like, do I buy <laughs> a second puzzle? I simply can't. I sort of, and you know this, iconically lost my job. I was furloughed. So I went on the great journey of filing for unemployment in the state of New York, which I could not recommend to anybody less. It is, it's as bad as they say. And I actually had, like, got relatively lucky and it was still bad, you know, like. Right. Like my best case scenario was calling 400 times and getting through. I was like. Right. Did and it. then when you texted me at like 10:30 and you were like, "Okay, I'm done." 
Yeah. I was like, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It didn't take all day. Okay. It did not take all day. I was up at six in the morning, like preparing because you can yeah. only like, like the website opens up at a specific time and then the call center opens up at a specific time and it's just like, okay. But <laughs> I did it. Um, Good. At least I think, I mean, like it seems like I've done it. I obviously have not seen a dime yet, but it's also not been that long. So when I start yep. seeing the money coming in, I'll feel a little better. But until then, uh, I can't How just. How long does it I can't take? Just, Do oh, we know? honey, they don't tell you. Oh, How long it'll what joys? Take. What joys? They don't. I'm sort of just sitting here being like, well, I don't know. Every I all I know is every Sunday you have to certify that you're still unemployed. So I did that right. today for the first time. But I don't expect to see a drop of money for at least two weeks. And that's oh. that's like being hopeful. <laughs> that's so painful. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, like fine because okay. I mean I'm not really um well, how do you say uh doing anything, you know? I'm not really <laughs> spending money uh, except on groceries, but going to the grocery store makes me wanna have a panic attack. Yes. Yeah. But this is the first time that we're recording not in the studio and hunkered yeah. down. We've got a whole setup happening here that I'm I'm proud of. But today's topic is going to be very on on brand for what's going on. Literally, when this yeah. happened, when this thing like was announced that we were enacting it or whatever, I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> what is this act what I just are you feel talking like about this act came out of nowhere and i was like what it just yeah. i felt like it came out of the sky they're like yes we've invoked this act that have you heard of it no of course not and i was like amazing yeah let's go let's go so t- today we're talking about the defense production act yes the dpa because we, we love the dpa the yeah. dpa yeah yeah Let's find out. Let's find out what it's all about and why yeah. why it's so important right now. Right now. I mean, it's funny because it's something that's used all the time and like we have no idea. It just Is it? Yeah. Oh my it's word. It's used all the time. Mhm. I just wow. I feel swindled. And <laughs> no I <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I found out about it and what it did, I was like, "Oh yeah, obviously. That makes sense." To right. have. I mean, we've right. been in but, like, I mean, we'll talk about this. It, like, came after World War II. And, like, yeah. was it a result of World War II? It came out of, like, the transition of World War II where everybody came back and the, like, the economy was in turmoil because we were, like, you know, rationing and, and sure. making things and the economy was very tight. And then all these people came back and to, like, came back to what? Like, all these right. boys came back to, like... You know, the the economy was very different. It was also at a time when, like, things were starting to, like, manufacturing was really going. Yeah. You know, we were starting to exporting a lot more. Yeah. And, like, globalism was becoming a thing. But it also was a response to, like, FDR had um, war powers during World War II, but then those ended. Right. And then when Truman took over and the Korean conflict was heating up, he didn't have a way to really mandate private companies to do anything because uh, they weren't at war and so this was a response to that 
like economic transition, but also the transition and conflict from World War II to Korea. Oh, what a time. Can I just say a quick fun fact right out the gate? Because we're about to have some fun. Before New York got like fully shut down, I was in Kansas City visiting my parents and near where they live is Independence, Missouri. And I took another visit to the Truman family home. You so, did? Like, liter- yes. So literally before <laughs> before this whole world got shut down. Because Kansas- I mean, awesome. in Kansas City, there was nothing. They had like kind of started, you know, they were kind of like, ooh, what's coronavirus? But there was nothing shut down or anything like that at that point. And, you know, it was before anybody really knew the extent of what was going to happen to New York. But right. yeah, I was just like, I had a week, I had a day and and I was like, I want to go. I want to go yeah. and just like check in with Harry S. Truman. And so, yeah. So we're jumping into this with me very fresh with Harry. Great. Just so you know. Just so you know. I'm so glad. Great. Okay? I'm sort of like channeling okay. him right now. Great. Channel. Yeah. But tell me, what is the Defense Production Act? Like, what is okay. it? Okay, well, let's talk about it. The Defense Production Act of 1950 provides the president with a broad set of authorities to ensure that domestic industry can meet national defense requirements. Great. Yes, and I should say this little bit is coming from the Department of Homeland Security Digital Library. Okay, we ha- I, I don't think we've pulled from them before. No, th- this is a new a new source for us. So in the DPA, Congress has found that the security of the of the United States is dependent on the ability of the domestic industrial base to supply materials and services for the national defense and to prepare for and respond to military conflicts, natural or man-made disasters, or acts of terrorism within the United States. So basically, this is like... When shit hits the fan and the government needs to produce stuff, needs to make stuff, needs to, like, arm ourselves, make masks, ventilators, bombs way back when. Something like a pandemic be considered a natural disaster? I think that's where it falls under. It's so interesting because I feel like it's, like, very vague, you know? I'm, like, it's because to me, I'm, like, natural disaster is weather-related. Right. And a lot of what happens, like, the, the provisions under, like, I don't know that we've never used this act for like a a disease a biological think of what i can't think of what would be i mean like unless they used it the spanish flu (laughs) influenza (laughs) and but that was pre-1950 yeah that was pre-1950 i mean like maybe ebola but i mean that's entirely possible i just didn't i didn't oh maybe i don't know i just but something like that yeah um, yeah yeah because otherwise, I mean, it is like a natural disaster. We just generally think of hurricanes, and that's yes. They've used this for hu- for hurricanes for sure. Yeah, yeah. But in short, the FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, describes the Defense Defense Production Act as quote the primary source of presidential authorities to expedite and expand the supply of resources from the U.S. industrial base to support military, energy, space, and homeland security programs. And that is coming not from- Not hospitals. Our, <laughs> not hospitals. That's coming from our friends Priscilla Alvarez, Lauren Fox, and Paul, Le, Paul LeBlanc at CNN. They wrote a great article about stuff yeah. all related to the Defense Production Act. But yeah, so what happens is like 
The Defense Production Act gives the president all of these authorities, which we'll list them and talk about them. But yeah. then what happens is the different agencies actually are the ones that like use this particular part of the law and they, right. yeah. whatever their program that they're working on, they go to that specific industry base in our domestic production. So like if they need to make some kind of, like I think they used it at one to make um, the MRAP vehicles. So then they would for 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 military purposes. So then they would go to like the car manufacturers or the metal, you know, like the people that right, they would need right. to like make the parts for the MRAPs, and they, that's how they would use it. But it's not like the president is sitting there signing. It's like the Department of Defense is saying, "Hey, GM, make these." Right. Right. So there are there originally there were more titles, and that means like sections of this act, but under. The current iteration of this bill, there are three titles that are currently in effect. I like three. Yeah. So there used to be more, but these are the three that still stand. So Title I is priorities and allocations, and that allows the president or like executive branch staff to require persons and businesses and corporations to prioritize and accept contracts for materials and services as necessary to promote national defense. Sure. Love it. Makes sense. Yes. So they so that just basically means like under this act, you like the US government goes to the top of the list. So no matter right. how many other contracts Orders, a company may have, have, right. Front the, they of the line. Get, front of the line goes the US government. Love that. Title three, expansion of productive capacity and supply, which allows the president to incentivize the domestic industrial base to expand the production and supply of critical materials and goods. Authorized incentives include loans, loan guarantees, direct purchases, and purchase commitments, and the authority to procure and install equipment in private industrial facilities. Great. So basically, so like, we'll give you money yeah. in some yeah. way to do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and there's um, sure. but yeah, basically, like in Title Three, the government is basically saying, "We have the money, so mm-hmm. don't worry, don't you worry, don't worry, we're good for it, we're good for it, and we'll either like loan you money to, like retool and build up capacity to make things, or like if you get a private lender, if you get a loan from a private bank." The federal government will guarantee the private bank that that loan will be paid, whether or not the co- the company making the stuff can guarantee that it will be paid back. Love it. So Love basically, it. either way, the federal federal government is like, just make it, just make it. We'll give just you money. Make it. Just make it. We yeah. got you. We got you. Yeah. I owe you. I owe you. I owe you. Still okay. valid. <laughs> Title seven. That's that Roman numeral. That's um, yeah. That's tricky. <laughs> that's tricky. Let's be real. Title seven is general our general provisions, which include key definitions for the Defense Production Act and several distinct authorities, including the authority to establish voluntary agreements with private industries, the authority to block proposed or pending foreign corporate mergers. Okay, sure. Throw it in. Yeah. Sure. Don't you merge. Let's just Not right now. Add honey. it. No, no mergers. They can decide on foreign corporate mergers, acquisitions, or takeovers that threaten national security. And it gives them the authority to employ persons of outstanding experience <gasps> and ability. Okay. I know. Hi. Okay. Hello. Hello. Us. Us. I'm on the Let's board. do the U.S. government radio show. Hi. I do not have outstanding experience, <laughs> no matter what way you slice it. I don't have it. I don't have it. But I wish I did. Oh I they are not talking to me. 
No, they are talking to like super smart scientist people. Yes. Um, the, the authority to apply persons of outstanding experience and ability and to establish a volunteer pool of industry executives who could be called to government service in the interest of national defense. <laughs> so they're literally like CEOs, everybody gather around, gather, count off, GM, Ford, yeah. Michelin. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah. Um, and that's all coming from the Congressional Research Service in a very lengthy and detailed and well-written document by Jared Brown and Daniel Elise. Elsie. I love that. Yeah. So that's the the written stuff. What is it? That's the what is. Mm -hmm. Now now I'm going to talk about what it allows the federal government to do. So the Defense Production Act allows the federal government, as we kind of touched on, to issue loans and expand a vendor's capacity either through direct loan or loan guarantees. And I'm so glad that we're about to define what those two things are. So a direct loan is a loan from the federal government to another government or private sector borrower that requires repayment with or without interest. So love that. Just a loan. It's a loan. It's simply a loan. It's a loan. And then a loan guarantee allows the federal government to guarantee a loan made by a non-federal lender to a non-federal borrower, either by pledging to pay back all or part of the loan in cases when the borrower is unable to do so. This is basically like if Trump said to GM, hey, you need to start making ventilators and... You need to do that now. And the GM then went to JP Morgan Chase Bank and was like, hey, can we get a loan for a billion dollars? I don't even know. That's like I'm pulling that out of my ass amount. Sure. But like, can we get a loan for a billion dollars? We need to retool. And Chase was like, sure. Can you pay that back? The federal government, because GM is not a federally owned company. Chase is not a federally owned lender. Yeah. But the federal government would then say like, I vouch for for these people. I vouch. I vouch. vouch. It's a vouching system. I vouch vouch for for GM. It's a a recommendation. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And those two points are coming from CRS, uh, article written by Jared Brown and Daniel Ells. So thank you both. Okay. The next thing that the DPA allows the federal government to do is to control the distribution of a company's products and it can compel companies to prioritize the government's order over those of other clients. A quote from the New York Times written by Zolan Kano Youngs and Anna Swanson says, quote, if the federal government used the law to make itself the priority, other clients that had worked through the company's procurement process could have their orders delayed, though under the law, the vendor is protected from lawsuits. Yeah. Love that. So yeah, if, if like if my Ford shipment yes. was delayed yeah. because the federal government stepped in and was like, ventilators, I could not sue Ford. Right. Under this. Exactly. Because they would no. be like, look, it's the DPA. DPA, DPA, can't DPA, sue DPA. The federal can't government said we had to like do them first. Yeah. Pores that like, we are. Hey, we have my- to go in order of big daddies. My Ford order. <laughs> I love I it. That's all very straightforward. It's literally just being like the government can come in and be like, you're making this. It's going to get paid for. We're the first in the yes. line. But we have to deal with this now. So yes. let's go. Let's and go. Everybody just like has to do it. Yeah. Love that. Okay. 
So with all of that said about it taking over their process, uh, the DPA does not permit the federal government to assert complete control over a company. I mean, yeah. yeah, But also, like, I mean, like, what do they have left, really? I mean, they have, like... They still control all of their labor. They still control all oh, of sure, their sure, finances. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are other but they, aspects like, have to of the make business. the orders yeah. that we say they have to make. Sure. Yeah. How they do that is still, it's up to them. It's like, you have to do this, but I leave the process to the artist. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 Love yeah. that. A rarely used authority of the law also allows the administration to control the distribution of a company's products and determine where such materials go. Why wouldn't they control where the distribution goes if they're the ones putting the order? You know what I mean? I I think because like the the specific... Usually when this happens, it's not something that's so widespread as like a pandemic where you think... Okay, it has to go to New York and then but eventually it could go to all these states. I think it's probably not used as much because it doesn't have to be used because you're ordering yeah. something for a specific purpose. Right. Or you're ordering stuff for like like when Sandy hit, it was like, okay, well if we're producing all of the stuff for Hurricane Sandy, like that's where the the market is in that place anyway. Sure. Like it's sure. it's going to automatically go to where the need is, but in a situation like we're in now with the coronavirus, you know, in in theory, you could have 50 states saying, no, I need it. Yeah. Where the federal government could step in and be like, uh, I, I know you need it, Oklahoma. Yeah. But like you. New York needs it. <laughs> New York needs it way more. Yeah. I guess I'm, when I'm only thinking of it in terms of this pandemic, it's it feels as though there's no way that the federal government could not be a part of the distribution process. Because otherwise right. it's like, what, Ford is just going to deal with all 50 states, you know? I just feel like right. if you yeah. start if you're starting this process of like I'm ta- I'm be- I'm dictating to you right. what needs to get made, like we should just see right. it through. What a mess. What a mess. Okay, yeah. back to the DPA. There are some limitations on the act and Congress has some oversight. We love to see it. So the first one, uh, this is all coming from CNN, our friends at CNN. If the president wants to invoke wage and price controls, it has to be accompanied by a joint resolution of Congress. Sure. Congress also has to authorize loans and loan guarantees that cost more than $50 The Congressional Research Service is clear that Trump would have to let the relevant committees, like the Banking and Finance Committee, know what their plan was and for allow a 30-day comment period. Jeez, yeah. And then finally, yeah. it's unclear whether or not these provisions and limitations could be waived in a national emergency like COVID-19. I mean, I feel like they would. Yeah. Like I feel like everybody's like you, go do do it. Do it. Yes, go do. Go do. Uh, yes, yes. yes. What? Ooh, yes. Make them. But then make do they them. do they do they have to have a um like like Nancy Pelosi can't just say like I waive our rights. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, no, no, no. So like, like you have to like then it has to be like we have to pass but it. But that could happen da, da, da. in the matter of like a day, as opposed to this like thirty day comment period for the banking and finance committee. You would think, but also it took them how many weeks to pass the stimulus? Like, well, that's I mean that was bipartisan, like craziness. I feel like, but it ended up being that way. But it took a lot of back and forth, and it took three weeks, yeah. basically. Yeah. And yeah. and you're at, like you would be asking 
Congress to pass a joint resolution that relinquished their power. So, like, you know, in theory, you're like, yes, of course they would do it because people need, you know, we're we're talking about life-saving measures and and we need to get medical supplies to where people need them. But, yeah, you know, yeah, like, does somebody, does a representative from Tennessee... Are they on board with that because their state hasn't been hit as hard and they don't want to relinquish their, you know, like just sure. all, it's all theoretical. Yeah. It's all theoretical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from The Democracy Group, a network of podcasts that examine what's broken in our democracy and how we can work together to fix it. Democracy Group podcasts are produced by nonprofits like Issue One and the German Marshall Fund, universities like James Madison University and Penn State University, and independent producers. Democracy Group podcasts take a step back from the partisan horse race to look at how the government works and how we can all be more civically engaged. Each podcast covers democracy from a different angle, whether that is through the lens of foreign policy, solutions of journalism or political science, and examines different issues, from ending urban violence to uncovering corruption in Washington. Visit democracygroup.org to hear the latest content from member shows. Subscribe to a bi-weekly newsletter and gain access to thematic, curated playlists covering everything from healthcare to impeachment to climate change. Again, that's www.democracygroup.org. Okay, great. I want okay, I'm glad we're talking about this now because yeah. mostly because I don't want to just live in the coronavirus because it's all I live in. So so take yeah. me back. Take me back. Transport okay, so me. let's let's go. Eventually we'll get a time machine sound, but right now I just love your do-do-do's. We're going back in time, guys. We're going, we're doing our history. You know we love this part. I don't want to be here anymore. This is our Bring branch. me back to Truman. Bring me back to Harry. Let me let him hold me in his arms. So oh, imagine boy. it's like the 1940s. The, what the a time. People, oh, what a time. The guys are back from war. Women are in their aprons. But they've been, again, cause, but they've been working out in the workforce. They've yeah. been like playing baseball. And I'm just yeah. pulling this from like movies I've seen. Of course. Uh, and it's, it's, and it's, it's just like a league, league of their own. own. <laughs> The only movie yeah. that you've seen made in the yes. 90s, but <laughs> made in the 90s. Yeah. But so there's, you know, this is the time period in which this bill was written. So since 1950, the DPA has been reauthorized over 50 times. Those significant authorities were terminated from the original law in 1953. So okay. I forget who. 50 ta- I forget is if it's- a lot and not a lot. It's it's a it it feels like a lot. Like if you think about the amount, of, it's actually a lot. I think for a bill, if you think about the amount of times like the Higher Education Act has been reauthorized, sure, that's like it's way it's way more than that. Like I, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. The, I think that's only been reauthorized like a handful of times. And then there's also like sunset provisions in it too, which means like. You can have a bill that has stuff that just kind of keeps going on, which is like when they don't reauthorize the Higher Education Act, there are certain things that just keep going. They don't have right. to take action. Right, right, right. But then there are things in this bill in the Defense Production Act that had a time limit on that if they didn't reauthorize it would sunset, which means they just go away. And that's what happened, I think, to the to the, the titles that are no longer in force. I love that. 
Yeah. So, like we started, the DPA was inspired by the First and Second War Powers Acts of 1941 and 1942, which gave the executive branch broad authority to regulate industry during World War II. Much of this authority lapsed at the end of that war, but the beginning of the Cold War with the Soviet Union in the late 1940s and the North Korean invasion of South Korea in June of 1950 caused the Truman administration to reconsider the, reconsider the need for strong executive authority in the interest of national defense. I just feel like, you know, poor Truman. Like, we ended the Second World War, right? We've ended it. And then literally, uh, he he turns his back for one second. And then this other stuff starts going on. And he's just like, gosh, darn it. Yeah. I wanted, I had the vacation planned. I, I, you know, I was, we were going we to go to Florida. Bess and I were going to go to Tampa. Yeah. And then suddenly North Korea starts acting up. It's Russia gets cold and it's like, oh my gosh, give me, give me the books. Give Russia. me, give me the, give me the books and let's, let's do, let's give me, I need to, we got to create stuff. We got to put on production. Get your helmet guys. It's not. We got to. We got to put pen to paper. There's shit going on in the world and I need it's some authority. There was no breath. There was no, no breath. No. So the Defense Production Act came out of the War Powers Act that FDR operated under that allowed them to get through World War II and demand that like Ford and GM. Yeah. Just produce. Make war shit. Just, yep. In its original 1950 form, the Defense Production Act defined national defense as, quote, the operations and activities of the armed forces the Atomic Energy Commission, and any other department or agency directly or indirectly and substantially concerned with the national defense. These are all from the Congressional Research Service, this whole bit. So no. I, it used to be just like war no. things. Just war. War bombs. Just war uh, Cannons. Tanks. Yeah. Tanks. That kind of stuff. And then that definition obviously has expanded <laughs> over time. They were like, God. wait a second, hurricanes. <laughs> Hurricanes. Tornadoes. Okay, great. Uh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Terrorism attacks, like yes. all this stuff. So thank God they've expanded it. In 2009, quote, Congress included critical infrastructure assistance to any foreign nation and added homeland security to the definition. So it's not, close quote, because originally if it was just for national defense, then you're to like, it's like basketball, right? Like if you're on defense, the opposing team is, is coming to you or soccer or whatever. Right. Homeland right. security is like, you're on offense. You're the right. ones who are like actively preventing, preventing the things yeah. or responding to something internally, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the center like goes for a layup and falls and breaks or I don't know. I'm so sorry. Quarantine has changed you. <laughs> like, I was gonna let the first basketball analogy slide, and then you you th threw a layup, and I I don't know what's. Are you okay? Blink twice if you need me to come get you. <laughs> oh my god! Please blink, blink. Uh. <laughs> Imagine Please I just like get me. I mean, I ride um, up on horseback. Like, get, come on, <laughs> yeah. we're going. We're going. Go on. So, national defense and homeland security sound similar, but they're different practically. And so, when they expanded it to be not just about somebody's attacking us, and now we have to respond, they met, they changed it to be more proactive and more offensive. Sure. Then you start talking about like. Now we can cover stuff like all of the ventilators for Rona. Right, 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 right. So there were some other reasons that we kind of touched on, but uh, we can expand on a little bit about why Truman proposed this piece of legislation. 
Yeah. First is the armed services and defense industries were supporting the nation's effort during World War II, had demobilized during the late 40s when they didn't have they didn't have anything to do. Right, right. They, and the so war like was ending. The war was over, it was ending because the hostilities in the Great War had, or in World War II had stopped. And so once we got to peace, Truman was like, okay, well, let's cut back the military, but then you still have to have a way to be prepared, right? Like, right. that's not an operation that you can ramp up overnight if you're attacked. And right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. he needed to have some kind of authority that would let him do that. They had also started building nuclear p- capacity instead of like regular, like man-powered military capacity. So like- sure. Because we were starting the Cold War. So we had made cuts to kind of traditionally, you know, less drastic, you know, uh, more detailed level of of military responses, which is also meant like, you know, you can't if somebody, you know, opens hostility on you by like bombing an embassy, you don't drop a new I mean you shouldn't drop a nuke on them, right? Like, you got to have some other kind of right, right, right. reaction that's a little bit more, like, on level with what they did. And so when they cut back military expenditures, they didn't always have, the, like, the means to have that ready on a large scale. So this legislation was meant to enable that. And then, I think we touched on this in the beginning, but after World War II, the U.S. was experiencing an unprecedented economic turmoil after the constrictions of wartime economy were lifted. And I feel like we're going to experience that. Oh, yeah, we're going to go into it's going to be crazy when this is over. It's going to be insane. So, quote, demand for housing and consumer products unleashed by the expiration of wartime economic controls precipitated a series of post-war labor strikes. These reached their height in 1946 in the nationwide shutdown of passenger and freight rail service, leading Truman to threaten to seize control of the railways and draft striking rail workers into the armed forces, placing oh them God. under. I know, placing them under military discipline. Oh, Harry! The the good part about that is he threatened to do it. He never actually did it. Right, I, but yes, that just I mean, shows you like how like how you know, dire it was. People business. were like. People, yeah, and they were freaking out, and they were like, "Listen, we've been working very hard to produce stuff for this war, and now we come back and like the men didn't have jobs, the women were like thrust back into turmoil because they had been working, and now they're not working, and right, it was all just kind of upheaval, and there was no order, there was no order to anything. There was no law and order. There's no law. Truman, and order. Truman was gonna get it. Yeah. Um. So that on top of like, uh, North Korea invading South Korea and. You know, the Cold War ratching up, like, there was there was a lot of, you know, there were a lot of reasons why he wanted to be able to just, like, call up sure. resources sure. from I, the private yeah. sector. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on his side. I, you know, I feel like it's, it's helpful to have something like this sort of in a just-in-case situation. For you know? sure. Yeah. So, the original De- Defense Production Act con- contains seven titles that gave the president some broad authorities. We've talked about the president's ability to, quote, uh, demand that manufacturers give priority to defense production, to requisition materials and property, to expand government and private defense production capacity, and to establish a voluntary reserve of private sector executives who would be available for emergency federal employment. Originally, the other titles provided broader powers to the president that gave them significant control over consumers and consumer goods. And these were 
Things such as to ration consumer goods, to fix wage and price ceilings, to force settlement of some labor disputes, to control consumer credit and regulate real estate construction credit and loans, and to provide certain antitrust protections to industry. Jeez, wait, so it's like, this is illegal. I know. Everything. It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. I don't know what he's not doing. Four of the seven titles, Title II, Four, Five, and Six, which were which were those related to requisitioning, rationing, wage and price fixing, labor disputes, and credit controls and regulation, terminated in 1953 when Congress allowed them to lapse. They were three years yeah. in. They were like, actually, no, 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 no. Currently, the House Committee on Financial Services and the Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs have jurisdiction over the law in Congress. If there was to be an amendment or when the bill comes up for reauthorization, those are the committees that will oversee the process. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. So when has the Defense Production Act been used? You tell me. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> Twist my arm. Okay. The... <laughs> The Defense Department, so quote, the Defense Department regularly uses the priority section of the act to acquire critical military capabilities and by the Department of Homeland Security for disaster response and preparedness. And that's coming from. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like every time we have like a major. I always say hurricane, but a major natural natural disaster, it feels like this would be. Yeah. Used, you know. Yeah. Through FEMA. Yeah. Right, right, right. The Defense Production Act is, quote, routinely used by the Pentagon to prioritize contracts and buy military hardware, according to the Congressional Research Service. In 2017, the Defense Production Act Fund supported dozens of military projects, such as developing weapons and fuel systems, according to a Department of Defense report that's coming from ProPublica. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Weapons. Mm-hmm. Who needs them? Think- who needs them? <laughs> yes, but the allocation provision has not been used since the Cold War. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so long uh, ago. It's so very long ago. This is coming from the New York Times. The Defense Department estimates that it has used the law powers the law's powers 300,000 times a year. Jeez, Louise. I know. And and that, I'm over here I, like I've never done heard of this year act. <laughs> They're using it left and right. <laughs> Sneaky, sneaky doubles. The do what? The do what? The Department of of Homeland Security, including its subsidiary, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management, um, placed more than a thousand so-called related orders in 2018, often for hurricane or other disaster response and recovery efforts. Sure. So we're using it basically for like military purposes much more than we're using it for like response purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense because they're so... (laughs) going to go out on a limb and say there are so many military things that happen that we have no idea no about. idea no idea not a clue not even not a, a clue. clue don't no. even tell me i don't want to know i don't i can't because when i know it makes sleep. me mad it makes me mad yeah. you know yeah the government has not made direct loans from the fund for more than 30 years okay but like who Saving. knows if that's gonna Saving, but who knows if that's going to change? Like, maybe it will if we need to loan somebody money to like make ventilators. I feel like we're not going to make ventilators and we're just going to let people die. That's insane. I know. It's kind of like, I feel like the we at the is there another option than invoking this to make ventilators? I just feel like we're we're there. We're there. If not, I don't know. If not now, 
When? No. When? 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 I feel like, yes, I feel like what is worse than this? Yeah. The priority section of the law has been used some notable times. So from the Congressional Research Service, they're saying that some notable examples of the Department of Defense use of the priority authority includes supporting the development of the Integrated Ballistic Missile Defense System. Perfect. Yes. And mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles. Those are the MRAMP vehicles that we talked about earlier. Oh, oh. I was thinking mines like coal. Oh, no, not like the like the boom mines, the boom mines, the boom yeah. mines. Yeah. yeah, mine. I just said mines yes. as though I'm in a box. Mines, <laughs> mine. Let me out. <laughs> this is how I feel all the time. <laughs> all the time. I know. I'm trapped in a box. I feel like you're there, and yet I can't touch you. Yeah, great. Also, love that the. <laughs> was your thought process like they need vehicles to stay away from the coal mines, or to like get into them to rescue? <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind. I don't. <laughs> I uh, surprisingly know very little about mines. Ah, yes. The only thing that I know about mines is what I learned from Gentleman Jack, and that is that they're very short. Very short. Very short. Dangerous. And dirty and dangerous. Dirty. Dirty, dirty. Dirty. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, uh, so this is still another example example of priorities usage. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has prioritized contracts in support of the Terrorist Screening Center program. And sure. the U.S. Yeah, I mean, you got to do it. Yep. And the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers prioritized contracts in support of the Greater New Orleans Hurricane and Storm Damage Risk Reduction System program. Too many descriptors. That's like also not a great acronym for anything. Gnosis. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. That's not a good acronym. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Love that. So those All are right. some examples of when we've used it before. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, let's talk about what we're doing now. Because I'm not great. really sure. A lot of mixed mixed messaging. Yeah. So uh, this is obviously the DPA uh, in regards to the coronavirus situation. So as of October First, 2019, the balance available in the Defense Production Act account was $228 million, with more on the way through the CARES Act, which was a stimulus bill just passed by Congress. Peter Navarro, the White House Trade Advisor, has been appointed the coordinator of the Defense Production Act policy, quote, said he anticipated frequently using the law to crack down on hoarding and price gouging. And he added that the government might also use the act to ensure resources are allocated to companies making protective equipment, medicines, and other medical supplies. That's coming from the New York Times. Also from the New York Times, the recently passed Economic Stabilization Package, the CARES Act, included $1 billion to take action under the Defense Production Act and ramp up purchases of necessary medical equipment, protective gear, and medicines. So everybody's like, we have to have- We have to do this. Medical gear. Like, that's what it's for now. It's for medical gear. Yeah. Um... So this next bit is coming from Salvador Rizzo at the Washington Post. 
Trump on Friday, March 27th, said he was using the Defense Production Act to compel GM to produce ventilators, saying the automaker was wasting time in negotiations with the government. The president, in a memorandum, directed Health and Human Service Secretary Alex Azar, Azar, Alex Azar, to, quote, use any and all authority available under the act to require General Motors Company to accept, perform, and prioritize contracts or order for the number of ventilators that the secretary determines to be appropriate. I'm just so curious as to, like, how they can just, like, not be making them yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that's that's I mean like I get that there's negotiations that happen but at the end of the day like don't we have the authority? Right. Like how are they like uh, I feel like it's like General Motors you're going to make these and we're going to pay you this much and let's go. Let's go. I don't know why I don't know what the hold up is. Okay. Part of, part of it is probably that they have to retool, right? Like Sure. Oh, I, yeah. I mean I get make... that there's a delay. Yeah. from like you're making this to it's happening. But it sounds like to me, they're like arguing with General Motors that about the logistics. Like, yeah. And right. I'm just, I don't know. I'm like, how is there room for argument? Like, how, like what power do we actually have? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, like, this, I thought this, this was the whole us point. The power. If, you're, yeah. if you're in an argument with GM, you've lost control of the conversation. They have because the power. You have the power. Right. That's so was the if whole you're, point. If you're ceding power, then you're leading incorrectly. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Trump has signed two executive orders citing provisions of the Defense Production Act. The first delegates the president's power to prioritize to prioritize contracts and allocate resources to Health and Human Services, Alex Azar. And then the second includes measures to prevent people from hoarding health and medical resources. So... Like that guy, did you hear about that guy in Brooklyn who had like a huge stockpile? Yeah. And then he had like a warehouse or something out in New Jersey. Like the feds actually like went and got his shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like yeah. fine with that, but I'm also like Yeah. I just feel like we need to do more. Like this doesn't feel like we're using even the tip of the iceberg of yes. what this act can allow happen. Yep. And, like, I get we don't want the federal government coming in and controlling everything, but people are dying. <laughs> yes. Like, we're out, we're out of supply. Like, we're sewing medical masks for health workers. Like, this is insane. Right. Uh, here we go. Uh, Trump has been reluctant to use the DPA to force companies to produce masks, ventilators, and PPE required to fight coronavirus. That's not surprising. On Friday, April 3rd, quote, this is coming from Politico, President Donald Trump invoked the DPA to prevent the hoarding or exporting of critical medical gear needed to combat the coronavirus outbreak. A day after applying the act to compel 3M to stop exporting masks to other countries, along with speeding ventilator production at six medical device companies. And last Friday, Trump moved to compel GM to make more ventilators. But yeah, it's like not enough. It's like, D why no, is GM the only per Ford? Chevy. Yes. What yeah. are other car... Kia! They're not American, I think Kia they? is foreign. Sure. <laughs> no, I think Kia is foreign. <laughs> but, like, who, what, are, what are other ones, man? Like, come on. I mean, those are the major ones, but also... Well, there's just cars! Like, there has to be other cars. ones. Or, like, Tesla. let's think outside the box. What other, what other types of companies? Like, surely, like, 
what's Apple. what is it like you know like the space like there are companies about that are like focused on like space production and going like can't we use yeah. some of their stuff like yeah why, well i think what we're realizing why, is that there's not a lot that's produced here on our soil i think that is a lot of the problem and that it's is like an excellent point but still, there are industry. I mean, the, my frustration is you see these companies being like, yeah, like we are voluntarily just like switching over to make hand sanitizer or masks or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, that's great. But like, imagine how much more could be getting made if we use yeah. this even even on one more company other than General Motors. Right. You know, like granted, and we want to go for General Motors because I'm sure they have a lot of producing capabilities, but there has to be more. Especially There's when you're talking more. about like garments there we have garment people right like you know there are still like clothing manufacturing companies and like flag manufacturers how yeah. many companies make american flags because like made in america that shit would be weird Ma- mm-hmm. they have let them produce masks let what them produce the- the masks let them produce masks and i don't understand yeah. this like we're going to compel gm you are losing the fight if you're going yeah. to p- compel anybody, no, 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 we're going to take you to court. You will be in violation of this act if you do we'll not do shut this. you down. Like, there, you will be tagged. I don't, like. You're ugh. breaking the law. You're I, breaking I the law. I don't understand. You're breaking the law. I don't understand. Act. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my hope yeah. is that we see this being used more. I feel, because I don't under, I don't know. I mean, maybe because we live in, in the, uh, what they like to call epicenter of the crisis. And we are, yes. according to Cuomo, four to eight days away from the apex. Listen, so I just, let it come. Give me the apex. I know, right? It's, uh, but also, like, are we ready? No. So that's, no. you know. But also, <laughs> Daddy Cuomo said that we sword. would never be ready. Sure. We're never going to be ready. He said just today in his press conference, we were never going to be ready. So, like, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like, bold statement. Harry S. Truman would be all over this act right oh, now. He left would rule and the right. Act. He would be throwing it to every single person, like, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Yep. And yep. we will figure this out when we're done. Yep. But yeah. Yep. We'll see. We we'll see. will see. That's the Defense Production Act. We did it. That's a defense. We did it. That's the Defense Production Act. So now you know when they talk about it on TV, this is what it is. This and this is, what is where it, is. it came from. And this is what it does. And we're not using it to its, to its full effect. Yeah, we're not using it. We're barely using it. Yeah. I feel like we're like I mean, using the threat of using it. Right. And I'm just like, use it. Use it. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Oh, Ugh. yeah, you guys, this has been our first homemade episode, so yeah. I'm so excited to hear how it turns out. I think it's gonna be great. Thank I think you. it went really well. I think it went so well. I mean, it's it's exactly it feels exactly the same, except you're just over there, and yes. I'm over here. And yeah. also worried about the audio because our mother isn't here to oversee any problems. <laughs> but that's okay. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Guys, yeah, we will be continuing to release every Wednesdays uh, and trying to keep things light and informative and doing all the things that we usually do. 
I would say if you want to hear about something, now is the time to throw out a suggestion because we've got nothing but time. So Uh if you have something, tweet us, DM us. You know where we are. But in the meantime, we love you so, so much. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can also rate us. You can review us. You can uh, subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.